With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Diggs. G-I-G-G-S. No. Rodri. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you at? It's opinion. I respect your opinions. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me. But in my mind, I'm better than him. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of Rodri Giggs on football. This is the last show of 2021, episode number 18 in the series. 
We are live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter as always. And uh, as you all know by now, we have plenty of great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more on the channel. So please do give us a follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, all that good stuff. And if you prefer your podcasts in the audio format, then you can get them at the Sports Social Podcast Network, the UK's first all sports podcast network. You can find all the Roger gigs and football shows and pretty much every single show we've ever done all there. The only shows you will not find are The Boot and the Limp, our other adult comedy series, which uh, we did about 12 episodes of and then we ended abruptly. But uh, that returns next Wednesday exclusively on uh, the Ace Podcast Nation, Nation Patreon. It's uh, a weekly adult comedy series with myself and stand-up comedian Barry Phillips, uh, full of expletives and funny stories. But uh, that's every Wednesday on uh, on Patreon. So if you're not a member, it's as little as £3 a week. £3 a month, sorry, not £3 a week. £3 a month. So price of a coffee for uh, lots of different rewards and content. But uh, I am delighted to welcome back ex-Salford City winger and manager, Mr. Roderick Giggs. How are you, mate? Are you right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. You? Good Christmas. Yeah, yeah, mate. It was all right. It was good. Yes. How, ma- really, how many selection boxes you got left? None. All gone. All gone, mate. <laughs> Thing is, it was weird. I said to my missus on Christmas Day, right? So, like, like my youngest is 12 now. So, like, it was just a really weird thing. Like, they didn't get up till 9 o'clock on Christmas Day. And we kind of all just had a really chilled morning. Just it's like not, it's not like it was when we were kids. It's not. It's oh, just mate. totally different, isn't it? Well, when I see my mother yesterday, she was, like, saying to me and my brother, like, we used to get up. Said there was one year we were up at, like, 1 o'clock. And they'd only just put the presents out and stuff. And it was, like, and then we were up, like, every hour they'd send us back to bed. And then in the end, I think we got up at, like, 3 opened some presents and then went back to sleep for a bit because it was just they just couldn't get us back to sleep like but like my kids have been generally good when they even when they were younger they would get you'd manage to get them to about like half six seven but like this year was just so different because they're all basically teenagers with the oldest ones you know nearly an adult like it's just different it's so chilled out and i was i asked my missus the question like do you prefer this chilled out kind of Christmas Day, or do you prefer it when they were like 10, 8 and 6 and it was just mental because they were just so excited and they're just like running around and we couldn't decide because there's, you know, there's enjoyable parts to both in there, but like <laughs> from, a, from a stress point of view, I suppose the teenager, teenage one's a bit easier in there. What about yeah. you, mate? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, it's alright. Quiet. Good. Yeah, it, New Year's Eve, overrated, mate. We don't care about that. Yeah, no, forget about it. Craig says next stage is is them getting up late with hangovers. Do you know what? Right, I ruined some Christmas days in my early twenties for my mum. I think because there was one day like I didn't come home till like about four o'clock in the morning on from Christmas Eve. Like went to the pub when the pub closed. Christmas Eve was a good night, though, wasn't it? It was always a good night. Yeah, local pubs packed up. Everyone's back from university and and all that. It was classic. But yeah, that, I had a few where I like I couldn't even look at my Christmas dinner, and I'm like looking back, like you know, I felt feel a bit sorry for my mum, like. But yeah, uh, yeah, but like Craig says, like a couple of years, my boys are going to be like when the youngest is sixteen, 
they're going to be like 16, 18 and 20. It's just going to be like taking a team of adults to, to the in-laws and to my mums and stuff. Mm. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be weird. But I, you know, it's the same as anything, mate, isn't it? It's like when they're younger, you want them to be a bit older. And when they're older, you want them to be a bit younger. And yeah. you just got to enjoy it, mate, while it's there, I suppose. Because uh, soon enough, they'll be adults, mate. And then uh, the grandkids will come, my friend. And uh, do you know what? Congratulations, by the way, to Scott Young. Um, I just spoke to him just before the show, actually. He's um, he's a grand, going to be a grandparent, grandfather. Can't fault him. But um, I'm pretty yeah. sure, I'm pretty sure when I had trials at Cardiff, mm. he was there, Scott Young. Probably. You're about I'm similar pretty, age, aren't you? I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure, we, uh, pre- I'm pretty sure because. They didn't take me on, and then I obviously went to Torquay. And funny enough, Torquay was in Cardiff's group, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I was. It's probably one of the be- better get one of the better games I played. We, we drew them one all, but Cardiff had a really good side. Obviously, Youngy was there, and a, and a couple few others who were touching near the first team. So yeah, we drew them one all, and I scored a goal from about twenty five yards out. But I played really well, and then the manager coming off, think looking at me, didn't speak, and he's like. Where was that, Roger, when, when you come to trial with us? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, he stayed, he stayed there his whole career there, mate, didn't he? He's like the, yeah, uh, the I know, original. But on on my trial, I think, I'm pretty sure I remember his face because, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, it was, it was got young, but you'd have to ask him when you speak to him. I will, yeah, because he's coming, he's coming into each sleep media, I think, in, um, in January, mate. Yeah, we should do a, th- you should come. We'll do a three, uh, three man shot, wouldn't it? And, uh, yeah, Nathan and, uh, Blake was there at the time. And it was all yeah, kinds of super, yeah. incredible so. players coming through at that mm. time. But like, yeah, Scott. I think Scott was vastly underrated as a footballer. Like people kind of write him off as like a just a rough and ready centre back who you know, kind of almost like a journeyman. But like I thought he was. I think he's better footballer than he gets credit for. Like, and um, you know. To play in one club for your whole career, I think it's not. You don't see it a lot. Like you could probably pick a handful of players off the top of your head, and obviously Ryan and Paul Scholes, Guy Neville, they're kind of straight away, aren't they? Scott Young, yeah, yeah. There is a couple of others in there, like Gerard. Just about stayed at Liverpool for the for his whole career. He would have left for Chelsea, though, wouldn't he? He would have. He would. Yeah. He's chasing that money. But uh, no, no, no. When you when you read these interviews, I think uh, he, he he toyed with it, but it was never on the cards when he had that conversation with his dad and brother. By the sounds of it, yeah, I think you couldn't at that point in Liverpool, where Liverpool were, you couldn't. I don't think you could have blamed him if he had gone to Chelsea because no, but he's right. Liverpool what he said weren't he would, in contention to win. No, but no, but he's right. What he said, he would have regretted it. So, yes, because it was not the same. So, yeah, and it's not as if staying at Liverpool meant he was skinned, is it? At the end of the day, so no. you know, it is. It is what it is, I suppose. But um, average sized club is not a bad club to stay at, is it? Yeah, it's like middle middle sized club, isn't it? But um, they, you know, hopefully they'll get some fans over the next couple of years to really build. But not too bad. Now. Um, I want to talk to you first of all about um, the African mm. Cup of Nations, mate. Do uh, the Premier League as a whole, fans, media, 
managers, clubs, the, the lot, do they disrespect that tournament? Because I saw that Eric Bailly, Bailly uh, had travelled for the African Cup of Nations with the Ivory Coast and then has been recalled to play for United tonight. And to me, it's one thing if he was here and you'd asked him, you know, can you stay a couple of extra days, play and then go? But to recall him after he's already travelled over there seems a stupid. bit naughty and a bit stupid. And like, yeah. it's not the first time, you know, it's, it is... It's a massive inconvenience to players, to clubs, to managers, not to players, but to managers. It, it, just, it just shows the the the, the problems and, and the ecstasy of it, what's going on at United at the minute. Why would you even let him travel? So he's going to travel t- 10 or 11 hours or whatever he travelled there. And then he's got to travel all the way back. And then he's got to travel all the way back. So you're talking like over 30 hours on a plane. To in, play one game against yeah. Burnley. And he might not even play. Is he playing? Uh, I haven't seen it. I'll have a look at the team news. Well, I'll, but I'll do you know what? You know. Do you know what takes the mick about that? Mate? <clears throat> you're telling me that United haven't got a centre back in the academy. So, so I'm assuming Varane or Lindelof or Maguire. I'm assuming one of them's injured. Phil, Phil Jones is fit as well, so he's been he's been on the, the bench squad recently. As well, he? He's been on the bench recently. And so by, so, by, so by, he is playing though. So he's not come to sit on the bench. He is playing. So, so his Varane is injured, and I, I think he, 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 what I've seen, he's the better partner for Maguire. But you know what? If I was going to drop Maguire or Raphael Varane from the last couple of games, I'm not sure it would be Varane who I'd be dropping. Med, I got to be honest. He was, he was, he was poor, though, mate. He was, he was really. It wasn't he was... great, but I've got to admit, I thought Harry Maguire's been poor for a while now. And I think he's only getting away with it because he's the captain, basically. Like, to me, if he wasn't captain, he'd have been dropped by now. Um, I do believe that. But I agree with you. I think Eric Bailly's probably... If you could keep him fit, I'd argue... that I think there's an argument to be made that he's the best fullback, uh, best centre-back at the club still, which is madness. But he, the problem is he just can't stay fit for a whole season is uh, the big issue. But, I mean, yeah, in terms of the African nations, like, that's ludicrous to travel that much for one game. It's yeah, just it's, it's, not, it's not good. And you wouldn't be surprised if he comes off with a muscle injury or... Can you imagine? Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me, so... Well, I, he, he does get injured a lot, doesn't he? And, I mean, imagine he gets, like, a, you know, like, a I don't know, an injury which keeps him out for, like, a month. He's out with the no, affirmation. No, it's, it's just ridiculous to the amount of time to, to let him go and then two days later to call him back. But like I say, what I see at United, he, Bailly, is the best partner for Maguire. So he, he's, he's quick. Yes, he's made a couple of mistakes. Uh, you know, he scored an own goal. But, you know, you accept that. If, you know, he's, he's got to get games. He's got, and he's never really had a good run of games. He's always come in and come out. Or he's got injured. But what I've seen when he's on, on top of his game, he, you know, he's, he's difficult, he's quick, he's powerful, he's fast. You know, he's just a, a bit rash at times, but, you know, his pace gets him out of it sometimes. Yeah, like I think it was you who said um, about a month or so ago when we were talking about the African Nations Cup that it's effectively the Euros for that part of the world. 
So it's a big deal in that part of the world. No matter how much you know the Premier League and the clubs hate it, it's a big deal for for the African nations. So is there a bit of disrespect there, mate? Yeah, it's disrespectful, but it's because it's in January and and it's not where normal competitions are. So the the players aren't aren't missing out on games or the the clubs aren't missing out on the players playing for them. So you can see their argument, but you know it's, it's it's a major tournament and it is disrespecting. You see Ian Wright saying um, I made a little video recently. And I couldn't agree more with him. He's just spot on. It just gets disrespected, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but uh, but it's just a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. And do you know what? It's always I've, I don't, I got I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I watch every minute of every game. But whenever I do watch the African nations, it's always quite enjoyable. It's always, you know, quite end-to-end. You don't see a lot of boring games. It's always a bit feisty. Um, and, you know, there's some top players in that tournament, mate, at the end of the day. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of really good players in that in that tournament now. So, And the, the, the standard of African football has come on leaps and bounds from 20 years ago. All these players now, you know, Salah, all these African players at top, top clubs. So, yeah, it's, it's totally well, mate, strange and... How many years ago was it that like Egypt would have been getting spanked in like a World Cup if they did qualify like ten 0 yeah. or nine 0 exactly. But that's a lot, a lot, of, a lot of teams. Mate. Ivory Coast have come on leaps and bounds. Look at yeah. you know Cameroon from from nineteen ninety. How they've come, mind you, they, they were decent back then, but they were the, the probably the spearhead to for the other African nations to to come through because you know Nigeria and Cameroon were the strong ones when I was growing up. Yeah, and Craig makes a great point here. He says the club signed the Af- these African players knowing that this tournament is when it is, so and they're going to get picked. So they've just got to shut up and get on with it. We've, you've got, we've been through this before, though, haven't we? We've been through this like, a couple of weeks ago. They're literally going to miss probably two, three games maximum. Yes, they'll miss an FA Cup game, but it's an early stage. They probably won't play, play anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because they get rested. So. Yeah, exactly. So the two... Probably maximum three games, so it's not a massive amount of games. No, um, but you know, managers love a moan, unfortunately. Well, but, um, especially I, Liverpool, when you've got you know, Mane and, and Salah, it's, it's a big, big loss from that. It's a big, big loss, yeah. In fairness, mate, Jurgen's on one at the moment, he's moaning yeah, a lot. He's, he's always on one, isn't he? He, moaned, he, had a, he had a real weird moan the other day. Um, I'm trying to find the quote, I can't find it. But it was something about um, the Leicester goalkeeper, and it, I think he got lost in kind of the. Oh, he's telling me to get vaccinated the other day. People are not okay. He's a doctor now as well. <laughs> Bless him. Um, Chelsea have announced an annual loss of one hundred and forty-five million. <clears throat> Near actually one hundred and forty-five point six million. If you're a Chelsea fan, would you be concerned by that? <clears throat> Because I, I have said, if if um, if Roman says, you know, he decides, right, I've had enough of this, I'm off. There's not a lot of people who can take on that amount of debt and manage mate, to, and still not, spend. Mate, he's not going to... All these owners now who buy these clubs, they're all billionaires. No, I know so, that, but if they're bored, if he gets bored, is my point, and he sells no, up. No, but I don't... I've been saying this... From the start, he got in. He's not going to build the, the the brand of Chelsea Football Club and then just go. You know what? Forget this. I'm going to leave it. 
you know, 130 million pounds. I know it's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. But this guy just bought a boat for nearly a billion pounds or, or some daft a yacht. He's got silly, silly dough, so 130 million pounds. Yes, like I say, it's a lot of money. But to these billionaires, it's, it's a drop in the ocean. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. I see him, you know, if he's going to do that, he's going to, you know, steady the books. You've got to think the car who's coming, which was what nearly 100 million. So there's most of that. So yeah, it's, you know, he's got the money to do it. So it's not a big worry to be honest. They've been saying this for years. Or oh, what if he gets off? What if he leaves? You know, if he leaves, another billionaire coming and buy it. Chelsea Football yeah. Club. So, <laughs> Chelsea Football Club. King's Road. All the history that goes with it. Do me a favour. Yeah, they'll be fine. So then, if Chelsea fans shouldn't be worried by £145 million pound worth of loss, no. Bristol City lost £38 million pound the past year. Should their yeah. fans be worried? Well, well, yes, because they're not a Premier League side. They've not been nowhere near the Premier League side. You know, there's managers coming in and out every two minutes. So that's going to cost a load of money. And, yeah, for, for, for a club that size, that's it's a, it's a big worry, isn't it? £38 million. Pounds. Where are they going to get that kind of money from? Now, these, now, we're not talking about billionaires. We're talking about, you know, local millionaires or, you know, people aren't as wealthy as these Premier League owners. So, yeah, that's something that, if I was a Bristol City fan, I'd be looking more, you know, you might end up down near Bristol Rovers and playing with them. Yeah, I'd be interested, you know, to see when all these championship figures come out now. Like, I'd be interested to know how much Cardiff have lost this year because they will have lost probably more than that, I think. Well, it's, it's a, pan- a pandemic as well and people have lost out in the last year massively. We're not going to go into it, but yeah, loads of people have lost out because of this pandemic. Yeah. You know, if it's not fans turning up, or you know, just season tickets, the the big what's up in the air, what's going to happen. So yeah, it's definitely going to affect people, especially clubs like that. Hundred percent, mate. Um, Lorna says, um, "What's your thoughts on John Terry returning to Chelsea as a academy coaching consultant?" Um, yeah, it was, you know, it's a legend of the club going back to, to Chelsea. What can you say about it? Are you surprised it's, that uh, he hasn't gone for like a managerial job somewhere, though? Well, he's obviously can't get one. It's, yeah, it's, you'd think someone would take a punt on him, wouldn't you? Like, you would think someone would, but, but no one has yet, have they? No, 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 it's interesting. I think, um, the fact he's a consultant, I think maybe, obviously I don't know, but I maybe like leaves the door open. Perhaps that you know, he, if a job comes up, he can kind of easily go without causing too much disruption, as opposed to being like the academy manager or you know whatever it may be. Um, I think it's just uh, being around football, being back in football, and you know, it's, it's a strange, strange job to have. It's almost like it's been created, isn't it? Yeah, but, exactly. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk as well about um, these postponements because um, I saw Andy on Twitter was not happy um, and Middlesbrough fans generally were not happy because uh, Blackpool, the Blackpool manager, was trying to get their game postponed with Middlesbrough. Um, it did go ahead, but the reason he said they had a couple of players out with COVID, but 
they had a lot of injuries as well. And he was kind of bunching the injuries in with the players missing from COVID and trying to kind of use that as, well, we only, can only field these so many players. To me, the whole point of having a, an academy system and an under-23s is that you're supposed to be blooding and making these players for the future. If you can't pick three or four players from your academy to sit on the bench in a Premier League or a Championship match, then what are you wasting money on the academy for? Because... I saw one, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the Premier League teams were moaning because they could only, they, they fielded, um, I think it was four subs instead of the five on the bench instead of putting an academy player on there. And it's like, what's the point? Just get some young players in there because they, they're all, it's not like they've only got eight players available and then they've got to fill up the starting 11 with, you know, like half youth players so it is frustrating but for me use your academy players and get on with it is what i say uh, i'd be interested what people know um what people say in the chat what people uh, what people's opinions are and stuff ultimately to me use your academy system because if you're not going to use your academy system then there's a problem otherwise what's the point in having it um because like there's a difference between fielding half a team in there, uh, Rod, of young like if you've got to field like five six players from a youth team or your under twenty threes in the first team game, to being able to field a team of first team squad and then having four youth players on the bench, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and I think players teams should have to play if that's what they're doing. Totally agree, but they just don't do it anymore, you know. Two or three players, and and it's called off. Going to be so, it's going to be mayhem, mate. Towards the end of the season, yeah, trying to fit all it, the games it in. It is, but it's a better than you know shutting down for a month and, and not no one playing at all. At least they can get some of the games that, that teams can play going. And yeah, it's just another it's another one of them seasons. At the end of the season, you have to put an asterisk on it because it's not been it's not been easy. For any, everyone, really. But everyone's in the same boat, so... Of course, yeah. And look, it's not easy. And some teams haven't got as big a squads as other teams. I get that. But, I like I've seen a few... Like Craig said there, some teams have, have, um, have been fielding two goalkeepers on the bench. Which, to me, is ridiculous that you would feed... You'll field a second goalkeeper on your bench... To potentially play as an outfield player instead of having a youngster on there traveling with the first team like that experience is vital to their development even if they don't get on just to travel with the first team and to to experience it from the sidelines in the match day um i think it's quite shameful i mean, i was really disappointed to see so many clubs kind of um like grabbing the chance to postpone games so just to, it just tells you as well that these academies are not as good as as people yeah. think they are. Absolutely, mate. Um, and I, I look. Uh, the other thing is, you know, clubs are not stupid. They know that if they close down their training ground because they say COVID outbreak, could be one person, could who then ends up not testing positive. Not saying that's happened, but it could be. But because they've closed their training ground, there's even more likelihood of games being called off. It's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be problematic. 
And I think what made it worse is um, back in 1997, um, which I know is a long time ago, but uh, Middlesbrough got done in the Premier League against Black uh, Blackpool for um, playing an understrength side, and they got deducted three points for that game, and they then got relegated because of it. So I think there's a bit of history there as well, and a bit of uh, salt in the wound. So I think, yeah, Middlesbrough fans were not happy, but Middlesbrough went on, got a last-minute winner, very good result um, for them. Because so Blackbird, Blackpool, sorry, uh, equalised in the 91st minute and still somehow managed to lose, which is uh, quite incredible. But you know, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, United, mate, you're a United fan. Um, what have you made of the return to action after a little bit of a break from COVID? Um, what was the last game? Uh, who was it? Part no, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, yeah. <clears throat> um, poor again, really poor. You know, let's go through the team. Um, Ballot and Tellers, okay, Varan, Maguire, both of them were shocking. Varan was giving the ball away. You know, it's all right, beat saying, Oh, he needs to be match fit. This, you know, you still be able to pass a ball straight, it's not kicking out of play or losing the ball, that results to a goal. So, yeah, not a great start for Varan, and he's not had a great start to his United career. He's not set the world alight. You know, um, Maguire is having a poor season and he needs to, to fix it and fix it quick because, you know, the knives are out for him, they, they are out for him. He didn't help himself with that silly celebration for England, yeah. and then getting them getting sent off. Or, and then you know, he's just um, yeah, he's just set himself up, and it's not going well for him. He just needs to put it right on the pitch. Um, but before the season, I, I thought he'd been he'd, he'd done really well. Um, but yeah, Fred rubbish come off at half time again. I don't know why he keep people keep playing him. Tomney average. Uh, Rashford was average first half, got better second half. Ronaldo didn't even see him. Fernandez gives the ball away too much. Um, who else was there? Greenwood um, wasn't great. Um, Sancho come on wasn't great. Cavani come on was probably the only the, the good thing about about the day on the night. So yeah, it was not a good good performance. Could be here all day. Slain, he's just got to move on and get another match under your belt and see how we go on today. And, See see how it, it works out today, but I expect a better performance. And no, well, yeah. just looking at the team from tonight, they've dropped Rashford, who I think's been poor for a couple of games. They've dropped Fred, who's been poor for a couple of games. It's Matic and McTominay with Sancho and Greenwood, and then Cavani and Ronaldo. Um, it's in some ways for you, I think it's sad that Cavani's come at a time when he can't play week in week out because I think United always look better when Cavani's up front. Because he presses from the front, he runs down the channels, he runs in behind, he just looks, he just he reminds me of Tevez in many ways. Makes a pest of himself, but is also an exceptional uh, finisher, footballer. So I'd be interested how they get on today. Um, there was a lot of reports that United players are unhappy with some of Ralph Raniak's training um, methods, uh, namely that it's a bit too intense. Bit too uh, tiring, 
and this is also the evening sessions that he's got them doing. Um, you got any sympathy for him there, mate? Sympathy, right? So they, they get up at what half eight, getting rolled into training, you know, get out to train about half ten, train for an hour, an hour and twenty minutes. Um, come mosey, mosey back in, have a nice bit of lunch that's already made and everything's done for him. And then, uh, yeah, probably come out and train for another hour. Maybe, maybe dark. So that's probably why they're getting home dark, like the normal folk do. So they don't, they don't, they don't want to feel normal. They want to feel special because the footballers. So yeah, probably you know, but, you know, get fucking over it. It's just a joke. It's just a, a, a joke. Play better, win games. You don't have to do double fucking training sessions. It's as simple as that. It's as 100%. simple as that. But they obviously need it. Look where they are, the seventh in the league. You're losing the ball constantly and not beating teams like Newcastle, Norwich. Who the fuck do you think you are? You need to work harder and obviously train harder. And that's what you're seeing and that's what you're doing. If you don't like it, see you later. Yeah, there's a few, mate, who I think if they don't sort themselves out, they could be on the the hit list yeah. uh, to be, no, to be gone, mate. Right, it, it, you know, saying whinge bag, but he sometimes, he's getting on his pedestal and he's using his, you know, he's thinking he can talk to him through the media. You know, it's, it doesn't help. It just doesn't help talking about things that are in the papers or stories that might be, you know, back in his day, oh, we don't believe anything. It could be, it's, it, it, but yet he believes it. And he, you know, so, and it just creates more drama, you know, papers all over it, Neville calls players whinge bags. <laughs> so he doesn't help, just doesn't help. Yeah, but I think these players, on the whole, have seen off, like, five, was it five managers, four managers now? Like, there's got to be... Oh, he's... he's yeah, some he's of them have got to be able to count parts he is right, because, you know, these players have got managers sacked. Yeah. It's clear and simple. They've got two managers sat now. So, uh, yeah, yes. says he can't believe Maguire's got the same around, player. But that the way you turn it around is you work harder, you train harder. That's yeah. how you get through it. If you don't, you're not going to get through it. So, he's obviously identified that. That's why they've got double sessions. So, play exactly. harder, work harder. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, Gaz says he can't believe Harry Maguire is the same footballer that he was last year before the Euros. So just looks like since he's come back from that, he's just not. Jackman could be because he had an injury, didn't he? He came back from the Euros. I thought he started the season okay, and then he had that injury. You've got, you've got, you've got a point to put in the, the fact that people will target him. He's a fucking fridge freezer. He's yeah. he's not the quickest, but he's very very good in his positional sense, and he's very smart. I like John Terry, but you get him in a, in a foot race and kick it past him, the guy's panicking. I mean, Paula Radcliffe heads all over the gaff, struggling. Just yeah, so he needs to, you know, people target him, and he's just gonna have to man up and 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 sort it out because people are after him at the minute, and, and rightly so because he's not playing well. So you you would do. Yeah, it's it's well, a weird one. Captain of Man United, so he's got to suck it up. Yeah, I think there's a few of them which could do with remembering the privilege of one being a professional footballer, two being 
playing for Manchester United it's, because it comes with it comes with added pressures of that though. It's you know they they're used to being at Leicester, Sheffield United, where they lose a game, so it's all right. You lose yeah. a game at Manchester United, it's a crisis, and they've lost a lot of games this year. And he's the captain, he's the spearhead, you know, he's the local point. And if you're not he's playing well, the, he's going to you know, be, the be targeted, especially when you've got a price tag of eighty million pounds. Do you know what I find interesting is all the players they've been linked with in January signing one positionally are the players that they need, but two. Not many like uh, household names have been linked. It's been like um, players from Germany and Europe, which you know maybe not every football fan will know who they are. Uh, and I find that well, that's interesting. Sometimes a good thing, though, mate. Yeah, I agree. You know, some of these main stars who come in, they just don't do it. Yeah, they already believe they're on hype, don't they? Um, yeah. You know, look, at, be... look how we, we, we grew. From from years ago, who knew Andrew Konchelskis? Who knew about Peter Schmeichel? Who knew about Dennis Irwin? You've got to find these gems. You've got to look. You're working, scouting. There are players out there. You've you've got to find the right and fit the players for your system. So there are players out there. You just got to. But everyone's looking for for these players. So it becomes a lot more difficult. But you Manchester United, so you should be able to attract these players. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's um. I be. I really am going to be fascinated to see what they do in January because it's Tottenham are on a bit of a roll. And I just, I'm pretty um, sure they're going to bring in a player that we, we probably that we've just talked about that that's no plays in enough. Europe but doesn't know a household name. But you know he's identified that that's what we the United need. And I'm fairly confident that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean they've needed a like a decent holding midfielder for a while, haven't they? So yeah, maybe I would imagine. Athletic, that, yeah, good on the ball, holding defensive midfielder. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to see who they, who they bring in. Um, the only person or the only sort of big name I've seen them linked with at all has been Haaland in the summer, which you know he's always going to be linked with every man, and anyone who can afford him, he's going to be linked with because of who his agent is. But there is a link there. That um between Raniak and Haaland. So I know you think he's more likely to go to Man City than Man United, you said before, didn't you? If it, if he was gonna to come to the Premier League. Oh but Barcelona and Real Madrid, they're coming back into play, aren't they? So somehow they found the money from somewhere. Yeah. It's almost like the bank which owns the league doesn't want them to um like capitulate, no. Yeah. But they found the money. That's the main thing. They're not going to go bust. Um, China has banned professional footballers from getting tattoos. Now, that is a country which tells you what you're going to do with your body, isn't it? Well, that's, um, what, that's the way we're going. Isn't it? Everyone's telling you to get a vaccine, do yeah, this, do that. Do told. Get a vaccine passport, do this, do that. That's the way we're going. We'll be like China soon. We won't. But that's the way people. That's the way people. Like. People getting up in up in arms about, isn't it? But that's in twenty twenty one. Imagine, imagine Boris image. Johnson saying you can't, you, you can't, or someone, no someone tattoos. Saying you can't do, you can't get a tattoo. What? Why? Yeah, it's madness. And then on the other side of the uh, the coin, in uh, New Zealand, there was a lady newsreader who became the first uh, news anchor to do or have the job 
given the job with face tattoo. She had like a Maori uh, oh, okay. tattoo on her chin. There's, it's, it's a it's a very traditional Maori tattoo. Um, I apologize, I can't remember what the word for it is. And it's like it's a big, it's got like a big meaning and honor, but yeah, it's quite a big story. It's traditional, isn't it? It's not, it's yeah, not, it's not like uh, I love dad on your head or yeah, it's, it's, uh, teardrop, but uh, yeah. something. But face tattoos are in, mate. Um, <laughs> I, look, I, face I, I tattoos are in, yeah. Well, I wasn't going, but one, one of my good friends has got. Oh, loads of them, you know. loads of them, mate. He's got them all over his face, but um, he's loon in fairness. But like, he's a rapper, he's a T Rev. Shout out to him, yeah. But yeah, mate, he's got face tattoos all over, he's got tattoos all, like literally covered head to toe. Um, and I've got tattoos, I wouldn't have them on my face. This is my personal preference. I also don't think that just because someone's got a tattoo on their face affects how they do their job in any way, any way whatsoever. But there was a few Americans who they properly were like up in arms. Not Americans, sorry. Um, Australians and New Zealand people up in arms that this lady was on TV with a Maori tattoo. And I was like, did she do her job properly? Was she good at her job? Yes, she was. So shut the fuck up. And Cade says, hey, he's got it. I know. I who cares say, hey, as long as they do the job properly? That's it, mate. I couldn't care less what you do in your private yeah, life, what you look like. Unfortunately, some people prejudge you when you say, oh, you've got a tattoo then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Tattoos and piercings, get you get um, you get judged straight away. Um, yeah, exactly. Just one of them things, isn't it? You got any tattoos, mate? You got any tattoos? You've already asked me this before. We've already gone for it. Did I ask? Oh, yeah, there we go. Any piercings? Cymru and Beard. Piercings? Piercings. Yeah. Oh, my ear pierced when I was at school. But I hadn't had an ear link in uh, soccer like yesterday. Used to get, as we were going down the, in the Manstrandale, when we used to get the bus home, we used to go down the, the, the escalator. There's an uh, there's a underground market, and right in the corner there was a joke shop. And right next to the joke shop was an ear piece, piercing shop. Walked in with a gun. <laughs> nice one. Just walked out. There you go. Job Simple done. as that. It, took, it was probably in there like two minutes. They don't so do it with a gun. We went there, so we'll come back later. You went like, okay, come back. Walked in, sat down, got a gun. Boom. Ten pound. Nice one. In a bit. Job done. Is that they, easy? They, they don't do it with a gun no more. I had mine done with a gun back in the day. I had three, three at the bottom and two at the top. Yeah, just a small yeah. little gun. It's like, pfft, yeah, nice. But well, they do. My missus had like a the inner part of her ear pierced a couple of years back, and then they do it with yeah, like a needle. Not, like like a needle. It's still, it's still pierced because I, I I used to wear it in for years. But yeah, not for twenty odd years. I've not put it in. But every now and again, I pierce it to to wind the kids up. Put like yeah. a big circle in or something. Yeah. The um, I used to I had my eyebrow done as well. A long time ago, yeah, no, no, I never do that business. Just it was, um, I was laughing, I was like 14. No, I was, um, they, they didn't 17. even ask me age, do it, yeah, no problem. But I was about Dave. 40. Oof. Oof. Um, United's Hannibal, uh, Monda Kabaya from uh, sorry, that's the name of the manager, Hannibal, uh, Medjin, I can't pronounce his surname. 
Majbury uh, from the academy, Hannibal, is uh, in the Tunisia squad um, for next month's African Cup of, Na- Cup of Nations. That's a big, uh, big deal for someone who's only made one Premier League appearance. Um, do you know much about him, mate? Say that again. Cut off uh, Hannibal Majbury in the United Academy is in the Tunisia squad for no. the African Cup of Nat- Don't Nations. Know much about him, to be honest. I think he played one game off the bench for the, like at the end of the season like last year, I think it was. But yeah, he's in the. Um, African Cup of Nations, which is that's a massive opportunity for him. Like if he goes there for Tunisia, scores a couple of goals, does really well. Do you know what I mean? Like he could suddenly be pushing for a space in the first team. United. Right, that's all it takes. Look at Marcus Rashford come out of nowhere. So yeah, if they've got ability, they'll always get a chance at Man United. That's always the good thing in Man United. You'll always get a chance at a young player. You've just got to take it. Yes, indeedy. Right. Um, so, oh, I was going to say, um, New Year's, when you think of football and New Year's, like New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, what's the thing which comes to mind straight away? Um, see, one of the things which I remember as a kid was on New Year's Day, United playing QPR and losing 4-1. 4-1, I was on that game. Brutal, and I, I was quite young again. Four one. What springs to mind when you think it was of that like, Old Trafford? That as well, wasn't it? Yeah. What What springs to mind? January or like New Year and football? What's the first yeah, memory? Newcastle. New New North East being freezing. Yeah. You always seem to play Newcastle, though, don't you? Yeah. Oh, or someone in North East, if it's Sunderland or Millersville or Newcastle, one of them. That's it, isn't it? Um. Craig said, you did hear me say um, that Hannibal's the first time. You just wanted to make me pronounce his name the second time because I struggled (laughs) with it big time. Um, If you've got any questions or anything you want to ask or whatever, send them in and um, we shall uh, shall answer them. Might be a slightly shorter show because we've got to go watch the football, but um, we've got 43 minutes in already. Jeez. but I wanted to talk a little bit about Cardiff, mate, um, because I think Cardiff are in big trouble in terms of relegation this year. I know you said a few weeks back you didn't think that they were in too much trouble. You thought they'd have enough to stay up. Has anything changed in that for you? Because, uh, yeah, I'm not. I look at the the table. I look at where everything stands, and I just. Something's not right at the club. Uh, within squad, I feel that the, the squad's not big enough, not good enough, and it's going to be an issue. I think come the yeah, end of well, the season. Yeah, well, you, you, you'd think it was two going down, but I'm telling you now, Derby are going to get out of this. Yeah, they will. They will get out of it. We so, said the other week, didn't we? Rooney's going to get manager of the year because he's yeah. By the looks of it, it's Hull City, Cardiff, Reading, Peterborough. She's out of six, isn't it, mate? Three out of six. So. Barnsley and Peterborough for me, I think, are going down definitely. And then that means it's out of Hull, Cardiff, Reading, Derby for the third place. And I look at the those teams. Cardiff's got the smallest squad. Cardiff's got the youngest squad. 
it's got we'll, the... see, we'll see if, he, if he's allowed to bring any players in in January. No, yes, not be able to buy any, but you can get some decent loans in if you, if you if you put your your mind to it. Um, but yeah, they've just got to because he's given he's been given a chance, and you know the last thing he wants yeah. to do is is is, is getting relegated. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be exciting and definitely. Going to go down to the wire between like three out of six teams. You know, can I see Birmingham get into it? Swansea, no. possibly, you know, but I doubt it. You know, they're kind of six, seven points away from from Cardiff so, and, and Hull. So, yeah, it's. <clears throat> Cardiff needs to go on a run. Um, if I was Steve Marsden, I would be trying to use my Welsh connections to get some loans in. There's a lot of good. Welsh players, fringe Welsh players with experience, or there's a lot of good young Welsh players looking for first team football. Um, that's probably the connections I'd be looking at. But obviously, Steve Morrison's got other connections within you know, he's played, he's been around the block, he um, had a you know, a pretty good career in the championship and the Premier League. So, I think you know, there's there's places he could turn to. You know, the man played flipping. 169 games for Millwall, played 40 for Leeds, um, Norwich. He's played for Millwall three times, like, you know, um, Shrewsbury. He's got some connections, albeit, you know, maybe not the biggest, but he's got connections at Leeds and Norwich. There must be some players that he can do a bit of wheeling and dealing. And then, obviously, he's got connections within the Welsh system. There's loads of Welsh players. When you look at those young, those young Welsh footballers, a lot of them would improve that Cardiff City squad. So, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, they're losing tonight. They're 1-0 down against uh, Bournemouth. I saw Craig just said Cardiff are the better team, but a big deflection means they're 1-0 down. But, unfortunately, that's the way it goes. When you're when you're not playing well, when you finally do play well, things just go, in, go against you, don't they? Um, I saw Claire's now just said in the chat that United are struggling early doors against Burnley. So it's kind of it's, it's how difficult, mate, is it when you're playing as a footballer week in week out? How difficult is it to break the cycle if you're in bad form, everything's going against you? How difficult is it to break that vicious cycle? Yeah, yeah, it's difficult, but no, it's, it's only difficult that. that... If you just give up and you just got to work through it, experience helps. But the only way you can get through it is is work, 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 work harder, and and just work through it. Even if you're like a centre forward and, and you know nothing's going in, and suddenly one goes off off your, your shin, and you're off and running. So sometimes it's a confidence booster, but you can never stop working and working hard and putting the shift in. So. You know, some people don't do that and go the other way, with them, and that's a problem. But you've all got to, you know, dig in and, and like I say, just work through it. Uh, Craig says Derby will only survive if the takeover is sorted next week. Otherwise, they'll have to get rid of all the big salary players in January. So, well, if, if that's that happens, a problem, isn't it? They haven't got really. Uh, I shouldn't suspect they've got massive earners there. I suppose what, Tom um, Lawrence. Yeah, Tom Lawrence, I think, is one who's on massive wages, isn't he? But I mean, yeah, if you lose more players, then that's it's going to find it? it difficult. But 
they've done really, really well so far. Uh, mate, um, I've been for their for Rooney to do the job he's doing at the moment. I think I could, it's difficult to find the words to like speak <clears throat> highly enough of it um, because. You know, to lose yeah, that many points. He could have away as well. Oh, God, of course he could have. Of course he could have. Ian Wright's grandson's on the bench for Stoke tonight against Derby. That's mad, that, isn't it? Yeah. So, Sean Wright Phillips' son is on the bench for Derby. Mental, that is, mate. Yeah. Absolutely mental. We're getting old. Um, Ronaldo's Mr. Sitter, apparently. Um, he missed one the other day as well. From uh, which he should have scored. He's past it, mate. He's past it. Watch it now. Waste the money. When we finish this. Waste the money. Right. Anyone got any questions then? And uh, then we'll we'll wrap it up for the year. But um, yeah, Cardiff, mate. They gotta they gotta get some players in on loan or free transfers to to make that squad bigger. But it's got to be the you know it has got to be the right players. It's got to be players who are going to improve it because it's pointless just having numbers. You need players who are going to do a job for you. Um, I worry for us, mate, i got to say. Um, but, you know, when you've got Kiefer Moore and you've got a couple of others who are, can do something, you have to do it. Uh, GD Parry says, who do you think has overachieved in 2021? Brighton. Um, I think they've overachieved. I think they've had a very, very good season. Brighton, who else overachieved? Uh, West Ham. Done really well. Yes, David Moyes and um, particularly McTominay's just scored for United. Um, I think who else? Um, Arsenal as well. You know, being fourth place, they're overachieving. Yeah, I don't think they'll be there. And um, where do you think why, Arsenal why, were why bottom of the league? Were they? They were bottom of the league, mate, for a long time, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. Well, they did have a tough start. You know, Brentford away. Yeah, well, big clubs. Brentford, I think, have done... Where are Brentford in the league? 14th. Mid-table. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're a good team, them. It's, it's a tough place to go, that. They've got a fantastic... The game there, it looks like it's bouncing, so... It's got a fantastic always infrastructure. That when you've got a good atmosphere. It's just You don't realise how much of a help it is when you're on the pitch and you're getting mm. that kind of support. They have got a, a really good oh, infrastructure. Yeah, McTomney scored. They um they got Brentford have got an excellent infrastructure. They got a great team be off the pitch. They got new stadium. It's perfect for a team who've just come up. Um, and what makes it even better, they play pretty good football. They've got some big results. They're yeah. definitely up there. Brighton made. I know they're tenth now, so they have dropped down a little bit. But I think um, Brighton on the whole have had a phenomenal year. Yeah, good, good um, result yesterday as well. Been very, very good. Probably haven't got a deep enough squad to really push on for like a you know, like a European place they need or something like forward, that. Don't they? Scores goals, yeah. But then, so do you think they're close enough that if they brought in a decent centre forward, they could maybe push for like a Europa League place? No, or do you think no, no, they're no, not no, quite no. there? There's too, there's too many better good sides, mate. They've done really, really well. Yes, they'd be probably they're probably at where they're at now, tenth, eighth. So you know, there's a lot of good teams. That, you no, know, you're looking at Tottenham, 
West Ham, Arsenal, United, Leicester, Leicester. Wolves. Everton, who are down there, but they'll probably come back up. So you've got a few other teams that, you know, cool your jets a bit, right? And you've done well, just relax. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got some big clubs like Everton, uh, sorry, yeah, Everton, Leeds, Aston Villa, you know, big, big Newcastle, historical clubs, Newcastle, do, yeah. You know, spend money. Um, so what would, for Brighton, come the end of the season, what would be... A top half good, of the table. So what would be? I ask you three questions. What would be a good finish? What would top be an excellent finish? Top half is good. What yeah. would be excellent? Oh, excellent! Top, top, obviously top six. That'd be excellent to get in Europe. Um, but you know, like I say, you've got you're fighting teams like Tottenham, United, Arsenal. These are powerhouses against Brighton. So yeah, yeah considering. Sorry, mate. What? Sorry, mate. I was going to say considering the season they've had or the start that Brighton have had this year, if they were to finish, say, outside the top 12, would that be considered then a poor season? Well, no, if it's, they just... you know, it's, it's something to build on. It's better than they did last year. So that's a positive. That's the way you look at it. Probably uh, privately, they'd be a little bit disappointed the way they started. But they've not been relegated, not been in a relegation fight. They've had some good results. And yes, we can. Let's press on now to next year, and can we get better than the twelfth? And that's the way we probably look at it. But privately, we probably think if they did finish twelfth, you know, we, we should have finished a little bit higher. But you know, you can't, you can't, can't argue. You can't grumble. So I say, no. Um, Kiefer Moore is getting some stick in the chat. Um, he's missed two great chances today. A few people say uh, GD Parry says maybe he sees himself at a higher level after the Euros. But he hasn't done it for Cardiff this year, and I think that's the issue, isn't it? Is if you go and have like a big international tournament, you can maybe fancy playing at a higher level. But he hasn't done it in the championship this year, so partially that's probably down to Cardiff. No, you know, not being anywhere near as good as they maybe have been in previous years. But also, he has still got to put the work in and and score the goals. Otherwise, is Reputation or whatever, he's not going to be considered at the level he was previously. Mm. Um, Craig says, Who do you think will get relegated? Uh, Craig, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm going to assume you think you're talking about the Premier League because we've already talked about the uh, the championship relegation. Um, so have you have a look at that? The bottom six of the Premier League, Rodri, who do you see going down now um, at this point? Norwich, Watford, and I'm going to go for Leeds. Yeah, I think I'd look at that. I go uh, Burnley, Norwich. You obviously have um, to look at Newcastle and see who they bring in. <clears throat> yeah, I, do you know? I saw a Newcastle a load of cheats. What? Where's Where's that performance been all season? It yeah, doesn't that's right. Exactly. I, I should be my next sentence now, was going to be every time you know United comes into town. It's happened over the twenty-five years. These teams turn up on the day, and then the rest of the season is shit. So I should be used to it by now, but it still winds me up. They're just cheating the fans and, and the club by not playing like that and putting that work effort in every every week, not just when Man United turn up. They won't be in this position. I think they have been better since Eddie Howe came in. They've gradually got better. I thought that was their best performance since he's come in yeah. against United. But you're right. Like It's it's like those players, isn't it, who half-arse it against Stoke on a Tuesday night. 
But then when the Champions League game against Real Madrid or Barcelona or whoever comes around, suddenly they're doing It's like that everywhere. When I played at Bangor City, we've got Barry Town this week. like, what? But they was a big team back in the day. But Mm -hmm. you could feel like it was like they they had half lost before you even got there. It's like I never thought... Yeah, so yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? But New, you're right. Newcastle haven't been at the races. That's why they're bottom bottom ball one. But I do think you know they're going to bring in. There's um, they've been heavily linked with Ramsey, uh, Kieran Trippier. You know those are top level players. So if they were to bring that type of player in, yeah. keep Aaron Ramsey fit. Be off him. If, I, if I was him, I'd be like, get me out of there because it's a joke. Oh, mate. If Newcastle was to bring in Aaron Ramsey, <coughs> Jesse Lingard, and who was the other one I said? Uh, Trippier. Sign those three players into Newcastle. I still think they need a striker, but you sign those three players. Those three, three international footballers who are very, very, very good. Um, so to me, Newcastle straight away look vastly stronger on paper. But... Jesse Lingard has almost had the same problem that we just said about Newcastle. Doesn't always turn up week in, week out. So he's have to go and do that in Newcastle and show that he can do it each week. But Trippier, I'd be very surprised if United aren't back in for Trippier in January. I really will be. Would you take Trippier, mate? Pardon? Would you take Trippier at United? Yeah. I'd be amazed if they don't go back in for him in January. I really would. But I think it depends how much money they got to spend, I guess, because they want a central midfielder. So I can't imagine they're going to have hundreds of millions to spend in January. Um, right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure, as always. Um, thank you for all support over the last year with the channel and, of course, with this show particularly done some really good numbers considering we haven't even done 20 shows yet but um we both uh, really appreciate your support joining us and stuff especially tonight when you've got uh united and cardiff playing tonight and we still had plenty of comments and stuff and questions um because a lot of our hardcore viewers who watch every show are united and cardiff fans so they're going to be at games and stuff like that so i appreciate that massively um hope you all have a fantastic new year and we'll be back next thursday for an all new rodri gigs on football um trying to think um, and there's more shows but don't forget if you want to watch our over 18s comedy podcast uh it's a patreon exclusive so you can join patreon.com slash ace podcast nation for as little as three pound a month for exclusive content and shows and rewards and alike but um, Rodri, mate, as always, a pleasure. I'm going to uh, leave you to go watch the football, my friend. Yeah, but, uh, have a good well. new year. Happy new, happy new year. Have a good. Indeed, good mate. New Year's Eve, whatever you do, and yeah, I'll see you next year. Indeed, mate. See you next year. Take it easy, my friend. Don't forget to Dicks. use Super G I G G S. No. Enemies close. Rodri. Ten toes down. I'll be free into the end. Crib outside the city. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you have? Stop doing I respect your opinion. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me. But in my mind, I'm better than him. I do it again. Add it up.
me. Everything is on me. Gon' back it up. Matter what? Told you I'ma do me. Why you hating on me? It's not adding up. I do roll like a Mack truck. Country heart. I'm a cup of farm and go act up. Like scars, I was cold hearted. Now I'm back up. Keep it real. I do this once a month. I don't rap much. I just hit the money and go stack up. I'ma buy a car, hard work hard, take it, set it up. Network.